Hello, and welcome to the DMV Business Show, a weekly show where we get to meet local business and community leaders in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. They get to impact their story and how they got there. You can expect to hear advice and learn about their journey and how they went from point A to point B. My name is Odo Sevilla, and I'm a commercial real estate advisor in the local DC, Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. I have been very fortunate to have worked with many amazing entrepreneurs and executives, from startup founders to international Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things I love about what I do is I get to form these great relationships with some interesting people. I get to know them and I learn about how it all started. And I love hearing a good business story. When I'm not working in commercial real estate, I just also happen to be the host of this show. So please enjoy and welcome to the DMV Business Show. Hello everyone, welcome to the DMV Business Show. I'm your host, Odo Sevilla, and today our special guest is George, George Dukas. He's the CEO and co-founder of SenseMiles. Welcome to the show, George. Thank you for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Otto. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you. So I'd like to get the audience to get to know you as a person a little better. Are you around from the DMV area? I am. So born and raised in uh, Falls Church, Virginia, many years ago. So I went to high school at uh, Jeb Stewart High School, which I think has now since changed the name. Um, and then grew up in different areas in, in around here. So Falls Church, uh, Vienna, Alexandria, Leesburg, McLean. So I've lived in all of them. Okay, great. So always Northern Virginia. Always Northern Virginia, four years in D.C. Uh, while I went to school. Okay. So grow, growing up in Northern Virginia, what were you into growing, you know, as a child? As, were you into certain sports or activities? Yep, played uh, basketball in uh, high school and college, and then uh, played golf was the other sport. High school and college as well? Uh, golf and high school and college as well. Okay. Where'd you end up attending for college? I went to George Washington University. Okay. So you really stayed local throughout your whole life? Yeah, well, never, never, never left the area, which is a little unusual. Uh, very yeah. transient area around here. It is. I, I'm, I'm similar. I, I grew up in D.C., then around high school, moved to Maryland, and went to University of Maryland here in College Park. So same way, always, always stuck in this area. I thought about for a moment going up to New York City after I graduated, high, um, graduated college, um, but stuck around here. You know, Maryland's like another country, though. It's like nobody from Virginia goes to Maryland. Maryland people don't come to Virginia. <laughs> Traffic. Yes. Terrible. Uh, yeah. It's just starting to come back now, too. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm starting to see that. Okay, so you, you went to college at GW, you said, right? I did. Okay. What's your major there? Uh, marketing and business. Okay. Did you? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, George. I was there from, uh, I hate to give the years, but uh, 77 to 80. Okay. Where, so you, you majored in marketing and business. Did you always have an interest? Did you know going in as far as going into marketing and business or who made you decide that? No, I just, I just knew I wanted to be in business, not necessarily marketing. So I originally came out of uh, college wanting to go be a stockbroker. And uh, soon after, within days, I was in the family business. Yeah. And that was the reason I was thinking of going up to New York because I was thinking of Wall Street. Uh, I, I interned at a, at a company, Smith, Smarty, uh, Smith Barney Citigroup, uh, with a couple of wealth advisors here. And I had that experience. Right. Okay. It's a great, great job to get. It's uh, high stress, but uh, you can do really well with it. Yes, you can. So you were thinking about stockbroker in the Senate, and you said in the end you decided to do the family business? Yeah, I started, went into the family business, which was a flower shop. 
believe it or not, in uh, Seven Corner Shopping Center. Okay. Years ago. So I went into that, did that for a little bit. So. And it was one location in Seven Corners? Yeah, we had one location in Seven Corners, and that stuck around uh, probably till the early 90s when they renovated the whole you know, the area around Seven Corners area. What, so, what made you, obviously it's a family business, but you know, a lot of people go into it. Some people decide to do totally something different on left field. Uh, right. What made you is continue with the family business at the end of the day? A couple of factors. One, um, the business was doing pretty good, but had room to grow. So, and my father at that point was getting ready to retire. So it was sort of a transitional thing. Sure. Um, also, it was the third generation in the business. So uh, my grandfather actually got into the business in 1910 uh, when he came over from Greece uh, and ended up in Ellis Island, went to live with a, uh, a cousin or a, actually an uncle in New York City who happened to be in the flower business. And so they stuck him at the age of 12 years old on the street corner of New York City, selling flowers uh, day and night, you know, didn't matter what the weather was. And he got paid uh, room and board plus a hundred bucks. Wow. And that was in 1910. Okay. So you're a third generation. Third generation, right. Okay. And then started the new company we just started is with my son who got out of college uh, three, four years ago now. Uh, he wanted, yeah, it wasn't, I didn't think he wanted to really be in a flower shop environment. So we came up with a new model, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, a little bit later. Sure. So, but, uh, so anyway, so my grandfather was here from the 1910, uh, eventually saved enough money, brought his brothers over, opened up a flower shop in the Grand Concourse in New York. Uh, they ran that for probably till the 50s and did pretty well. And then uh, moved down to Northern Virginia in the mid 50s and then partnered with my father, which was his son-in-law, to open up a flower shop down here. And then they ran that until the 80s. And then I came in. What, so, what, what made them move south to here to Northern Virginia? I think they both, uh, it was a tough move for my grandfather because at that, he was probably in his 60s. So you know, all his life, he'd been in New York since he came over here. So it was a tough move, but I think they wanted to get out of the city. Sure. And my father, you know, wanted to relocate either in Connecticut or in Virginia. And okay. so they chose down here, Virginia. And so that's, uh, they ended up both coming down here and, and starting the business. And the first shop was Seven Corners? It was in Seven Corners Mall. Okay. okay. So, which was at that time, a brand new mall. It was the only regional mall in the area. Uh, and it was the mid, I believe, mid fifties. It was there. So, and then they opened that up and yeah, they worked long hours to get it going. And then uh, obviously it ended up doing fairly well. So they, they kept it going until I got there. Okay. George, by the way, I'm curious, are you fluent in Greece or do you know a little bit or any? No, nah, zero. I took uh, four <laughs> years of Greek, Greek lessons and uh, my parents forced upon me when I was a, a teenager and I can speak very few words. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, it's one of those I, things where if you don't practice it, you don't, uh, yeah, you'll let, you'll, you don't, you'll, you'll lose it real quick. It is, yeah, that, that is very true. I, I've been to Greece. It's a beautiful country. It is. We've been there a couple times and uh, love it. Do you still have family back home? Back we back? have uh, virtually nobody that I know. Okay. Most everybody had moved here. So we went back uh, actually for my 25th uh, wedding anniversary. We took the whole family there and renewed our vows in Santorini, which was pretty, pretty fun. So, yeah. But I had one like uncle that was like 90 years old that uh, we just missed him in town, so. Uh, where, where, where in Greece is your family from originally? Uh, three of the grandparents from Sparta, and then the other one, uh, Napatos, which okay. is up in the mountains. Okay, I, I, I visited Santorini just like you, Athens, 
Um, yeah, uh, but uh, not Sparta. Uh, right. Yeah. Great, great, great culture. So it's a, you know, food's great. The atmosphere is good. The Greeks tend to enjoy themselves more than the Americans do. <laughs> but, that is very true. You know, I, 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 the European way of life is, is very different than American. Um, yeah, it's much, I want to call it better. Uh, they, they take their time. They don't rush. You know, yes. they take the time with lunches, they take their time with dinners, they relax, they, they still work. But, you know, Americans, you know, including myself, you know, 6 a.m. till 6 p.m. and then maybe even after dinner. Uh, mm -hmm. Those guys, you know, they'll, they'll do dinners at 10 o'clock at night and relax and enjoy and you know, enjoy their lives a little bit better. Jordan, so you officially joined the business in the 90s, you said, right after graduating college, right? Yeah, it's actually 80s. Oh, 80s. Okay. Yep. But prior to that, growing up with a family business, were you involved? Would you go there on the weekends or help out after school? Or how was your involvement there? Yeah, it was there? sort of for, forced labor. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> so you go in, you help out on the weekends. You know, dad, but dad always just tried to keep us busy. So you'd help out on Saturday uh, as starting probably age 12. Okay. And then uh, you know, you'd work the holidays, which you know, the major holidays like Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, you know, they'd drag you in there to help out. So, and then did that all the way up until college. So as a 12-year-old and teenager, what were your responsibilities in the family business? That was, doing all the grunt, that was doing all the start from the bottom up, right? So that's doing everything from sweeping the floor to cleaning flowers to prepping vases. Yeah, they we had a basement at Seven Corners. So I was stuck down in the basement. So okay. doing all the sort of the prep work. So you have you had the retail exposure, which was sort of the, the retail sales floor, right? And then at the bottom, that's where you did all the production and cutting and everything else. Yeah, that's sort of what, in the mall there. There wasn't a lot of space, so you, you know you had a storefront which was fairly small, but then you had a hole underneath that you could do a lot of the production. You had refrigerators down there, so and the, the front was a little bit smaller. So at that time, and we were there probably I think it was thirty five years we were at that location. Oh wow! Okay. Long time. So when you officially entered again in the 80s, um, your role there, you come in as, as again, as a helper or what was your yeah, response? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a big operation. So you come in as sort of an employee, you know, my dad paid me, I think it was $20,000, you know, or $22,000 uh, at starting in the 80s. And so you just, you know, you work your way up. And you know, as, as I took more responsibility on, you know, he sort of, I think he sort of cut out maybe in the 83, 84. Uh, four years later. Um, so he pretty much, you know, as I proved myself, was able to run the business and grow it. You know, he got more comfortable and then I could make more money. So, you know, it was more of a, as an entrepreneur, you, you don't work for a salary and you get paid on what you produce. Sure. So I learned, learned that really young. Back then, I'm sure it's different to now. How were you growing the business once you entered? It was, it was more of, because there wasn't, don't forget, there's no internet, there's, there's, there's nothing out there. So, you know, it's really in print is what you really went after. And then really just building off your base. And we had a good base. Uh, so it's not like you're emailing your base because you can't, right? So it's, you know, you're, you're marketing more archaically with, you know, mailers and, you know, phone calls and sort of soliciting and trying to drum up business. So it's more of on the ground, feet on the ground type. Sure. So, and we were able to grow up pretty significantly from 80 when I came in to sort of the mid nineties, it grew a lot. So, okay. So then the mall exposure at that point too helps. So direct mail going to people's homes, right. And then you said uh, publications, I like maybe the newspaper or other things. That's, yeah. That's a yellow pages was really big. Okay. So that's at that point. And that's sort of how we sort of parlayed the yellow pages, believe it or not, was how we sort of took the, 
local business and started getting into the national side because we were able to take ads out in multiple areas other than our own. Okay. So we started almost, that's when 800 Flowers came into play, uh, FTD, and they started uh, advertising nationally. And so we started jumping into the game a little bit with the Yellow Pages at that point in time. So that helped the growth sort of from mid-90s to like 2000. Okay. So then you were shipping all over the country, all over the United States? Yeah, we call it shipping. We basically had, it was the way the network works in the flower businesses at that time. The only thing you had was other flower shops. So you basically turn into a broker. You know, somebody from California called me in Virginia, sending flowers back to California. You know, I take the order, send it back to a flower shop in California, and I would just make fees and commissions. So there was okay. no actual shipping. They would actually fill the order. Okay, interesting. And back then, did you have to develop that network, or were you, or, or was there already a network established? You just yeah, there was already in a network, okay. network in place of like fifteen to twenty thousand flower shops, mainly through FTD. Mm -hmm. at that time and then 800 eventually created their own network out there okay so you you, you joined that network okay yeah we were, we were members from very long time ago so yeah so that, that network's been around uh since 1920 i think so you know when, when there's change in the industry i know that some people are hesitant and decide not to join and then some people do join and, and you did join that network and i'm sure you saw other you know colleagues or other people that had similar business decided not to join right yeah, some didn't, didn't really want it. They just wanted to stay local. Okay. And what it did, even before the before everything started going national, uh, the, by being a member, if I had a local client that wanted to send flowers to New York, if I wasn't a member of one of those wire services, FTD 800, and there's a third one, Teleflora, then I had no way of transmitting that order to New York, so I couldn't help the customer. So most flower shops did join at that time. Okay. Uh, so they were members of it. That way they could handle out, out, outbound business. Sure. But you said your role there when it's at a, at a state then is you're just getting a smaller spread, almost like a commission or uh, you mentioned, yeah, right? It's a bro we're a broker. At that okay. point, right? So okay. we're just getting a percentage of the order. And then we usually charge fees on top of that in service fee. So okay. you're getting to keep that. And then a lot of times the uh, wire service paid your rebate. So the model was that it was actually easier business, believe it or not. You had a five minute phone call and you're done. That's great. Uh, so it's less labor intensive from you. Extremely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you, so you like that model. So that, that's what grew the business then in the nineties, right? Yeah. That's when we started the national side of the business where I, we, we spun out another company out of it. Uh, and we started competing with 800 flowers and FTD in 2000. And that's after we'd had probably 500 yellow page ads going to different cities. Uh, so we had built up a pretty decent national business and then we spun it out as the internet came on and everything came on, we spun it out and then competed and that one's still around today also. Uh, so we're still competing with 800 Flowers FTD on the national level. Okay. So in 2000, that's where sort of, well, late 90s, 2000, the internet, you know, comes into town. Right. And then you decide, again, let me get on this. And there were non-believers again with, yep. with the internet, especially smaller local mom and pop businesses, right? Yep. But you decided just to form your own platform and compete against the giant. Correct. So we basically ended up in thousands of yellow pages and we started the company in 2000, the spin out. Uh, we were 99.9% .9 telephone, which was yellow pages in a sense, and zero internet. And then, you know, by the time we get to obviously the mid you know, 2015 to now, you know, we're almost all internet very, I think we still have yellow page running out there and can't believe people still use it, but they do. Really? <laughs> but the segment is really small. 
Okay. Uh, it's like, I think it's like 2% of our business if that comes through Yellow Pages. Sure. So the majority of everything is basically looking at online. Everything's internet. Yeah, everything's internet based. So. Okay. Okay. I understand. But but to do that in the early 2000s, George, and establish your own platform and compete against Wendy Hunter Flowers and the other giants, you, right. you had to have some good marketing dollars behind you to be able to undertake something like this, right? We did. Yeah, we dumped. I dumped a bunch in myself <laughs> at that point, took a little bit of a chance. Uh, we had a good relationship with a bank um, and we were able to get, we had good credit with uh, FTD and 800 where you send the flowers through because at the end of every month, you owe them a ton of money. So you're giving orders away. So uh, yeah, we ended up uh, dumping a bunch of money in in 2000. We wrote our own technology to be able to handle it as well. Um, so we started out with, um, I believe it was FTD's technology, which was pretty archaic. And then by 2005, we had written our own technology to be able to handle it. So, and then that continued to grow from there. Okay. So they were actually okay. You establishing th something similar and almost becoming a competition for them. <laughs> it's a, it's a very unique business. We are partners, um, in, in one sense, and we're highly competitive at another. So they have two, two avenues and it's, everybody thinks it's a little strange, but I have really good relationships with FTD and 800 as well as the you know, McCann who owns 800 flower shop. I talk to him on a regular basis, but we're, we're partners in one sense uh, where we give orders through their network. So they're sort of making money there, but then on the other, we're, we're taking orders away from them. We're trying to take orders away from them sure. on the other side, but okay. the, the wire service business that they call where transmission of orders is highly profitable for them. So they, they, it's, it's a, it's a weird, a weird partnership. And, and you're still partners with them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we okay. still are good partners with FTD 800 and Teleflora. So we've That's always stayed you know, good with all of them. And you know, we'll, we'll jump around a little bit based on who's paying a little bit more. Sure. So, but uh, all, all good. I, I guess there's enough to go around for the competition. There is. And there's a lot of people out there. You know, there were at one point a lot of people doing what we did. Um, when the Yellow Pages was really big in the late 90s, early, it was probably 30, 35 companies that were doing it. And then now today, there's probably three or four that still go after the national market. So most wow. everything, they've either bought them up or they've gone out of business or yeah, they're not around anymore. So Ooh. there's only a handful left. That, that's interesting you say that, George. What do you think it's, it's the main thing as far as keeping you still in business compared to everyone else? The majority just drops off for one reason or another. You just have some people who get tired. You have some people who don't know what they're doing. They can stick around when times are good, but leave when times are bad. Sure. Uh, and then the market changed a little bit. I mean, FTD wanted some of these guys out, so they bought them out okay. um, to capture a little bit more of the market. So we've just never been for sale. So we just we just keep running. And it's sort of a, it's, it's a good model. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether it be around for, it's almost like a broker model. So, you know, hence the reason we started doing uh, the, the new company, which is called Send Smiles. Um, is that that model, I'm not sure is going to be around forever. Yeah, travel agents were brokers at one point doing really well. Mm -hmm. They're nowhere to be seen now. So, yeah, we're in a sense a broker on the national level. Sure. So can they bypass us or can they go elsewhere? Potentially, yes. So you got you guess we're sort of protecting the back end now. So why we, you know, we ended up opening a local flower shop um, here in, in Washington. And then now we do the new model, which is Sun Smiles which is uh, the one we're sort of excited about. So when was Send Smiles established? Uh, we started right, and that's, we did this when my son came to the business and we started looking for another thing. He brought me probably 10 different um, ideas outside the flower business 
and rejected all of them. <laughs> you know, they, they were they were good. Some of them were good, some, but you, you have to be able to monetize them, right? Sure. So um, we ended up sticking to what we know best, which is flowers. And let's I said let's do something different than you know you working in a flower shop or you know doing doing the flower business. So we came up with a sort of cool model that sort of fixed everything that we believe is wrong with the industry and we made it consumer centric. So it's 100% about the consumer, about the experience, about delivering what you see, uh, quality of the flowers, easy website, no delivery fees, you know, no hidden fees, and sort of, in a sense, doing what we say we're gonna do. So that's what the new model, you know, we created. So we started about three years ago. We started writing the technology, and it took about two years to write the technology uh, that we did because it's a little bit complex in the routing piece of it that has to do with the way we run the business. So uh, we spent two years doing that and then launched the company right in the middle of COVID, March, I want to say 15th. We shut it down March 20th <laughs> um, and figured that wasn't a good time to be starting. Uh, shelved it just for a little bit, tweaked the software, you know, got the model a little bit better and then relaunched in July of last year. Okay. So when you mentioned just now here for two years, you, you were you were working on it. Is this in-house you have the developers or is this sort of someone else you outsource elsewhere? Yeah, we went to, we actually hooked up with a company in Romania and we actually went there to visit them. We, we did some research and uh, found a really good company there. Uh, we had a, a 12 person team of uh, programmers there that were writing the programs for us. They were from front end, back end, testers, you know, quality guys. So uh, the team now is reduced a little bit to about six because um, we're still adding on nuts and bolts to the software and improving it. And then, so the model really is to prove out in the DC metro area. Uh, it's really an on-demand. We do two-hour deliveries. We do same-day deliveries. Uh, it's Washington, DC, and metro and Baltimore also. Okay. So the model itself works phenomenally well. It's been received you know, by the consumer exceptionally well. We have, I think, 200 reviews on Google. Uh, they're all five-star. So it's no, not a bad, I'm, I'm waiting for that one bad review, which I hope we never get. But uh, so we're just really focused on the consumer. And so we wanted to really provide, I've been doing this a lot of years. So we just want to give, almost like if I was given to you or somebody else, I want it to be perfect. You know, so we're really out there trying to deliver a really, really good product to the consumer and fast. Sure. So how is this model, George, different from the model you were doing before since Miles was established, the, the Nationals, 1-800-Flowers, Teleflower, all of them. Right, it, it, it basically eliminates, um, we control the product from the farm all the way to the consumer, and it's all cold chain. So we basically, it it's comes to the U.S. cold chain, it, it stays in, in cold all the way up on the refrigerated trucks, mm -hmm. and then we ship it out, or we send it out to our consumer refrigerated vans. So we don't, you know, it never sits out in the heat. It never, the cold chain's never broken. Okay. Um, plus we're able to do it um, with probably, we're able to do it seven days a week, which the competitors can't. You know, we deliver on Sundays, uh, Saturdays, Mondays. A lot of the competitors ship flowers in a box. Um, so they're exposed to heat, cold. Uh, they, there's no delivery on Saturday or some Sundays and Mondays. Uh, and so they're, you know, again, we, we sort of got a little bit of an edge on them, but we're, we're again, localized. So those guys are national. So it's, you know, we, we can beat them in DC and Baltimore, you know, and as we prove the model out here, the goal is to expand it city by city. So we're sort of laying the infrastructure and the pipe down as we go. That's interesting. It takes a little bit of time. Yeah, you're, you're just proving the model first here locally. Correct.
So everything's proven out except for the monetary piece. <laughs> so it's all, I mean, because you got to dump a bunch of money in to make it work. And so, you know, we, we've gotten good good clientele so far. I think we're up to about 12,000 clients, 12,000 customers, which is pretty good in about eight months. Uh, but we're spending a lot of advertising dollars with radio, TV, you know, branding on buses in DC and Metro. And so it's, it's more of a branding exercise, sure. which is way out of my wheelhouse. So I, I always like to know what it costs me to get an order through the door. And it's uh, not happening right now. <laughs> so. Okay. So you, you, you're not able to pinpoint that number right now just because everything's being dumped into the marketing side of things. Right. It's just a, normally, when you, again, for me at least, I've, I'm able to track in all the businesses where my business is coming from, whether it be Google, emails, you know, social, you're able to track it all. When you start trying to brand yourself, uh, it's a totally different exercise. So you can't pinpoint a cost per acquisition. Sure. So, cause you're really out there trying to get your name out there, which costs money and time. So that's sort of the stage we're in right now. So we'll have some good data as we probably get to the end of this year on it too. And again, I'm confident it's gonna monetize and it's gonna work. So it's just, you know, you're just spending more money, you know, than you obviously would like to spend to get it started. With the whole marketing side of things, George, are you dealing with that, working with it here internally, or do you have an agency who's helping you out with marketing? We actually have a partner in New York uh, called Ruckus, a real good marketing branding company that Mm -hmm. we founded and are searched through branding. They love the model. uh, So they actually bought into the company. So they own a small piece of the company. So they have taken over the sort of the whole marketing arm okay. of the company. So from the branding piece to putting the whole marketing plan together to implementing the marketing plan. So they basically have taken a full role in the company. Okay. So that saves us. So right now it's myself and my son that are pretty much running the sort of the back end stuff on it. And then we have them obviously running the marketing. We have the Amazon team, which is in uh, Romania doing the IT. Sure. And then you know I'm using the facility that we have for another business to sort of fulfill the orders. Sure. So in that facility, you said, is it, is it in DC or is it in it's still? Actually, it's in Chantilly. Virginia. Okay. Okay. That's in the suburbs. Okay. Out here. So, so you can, we dispatch all the trucks. So you, you receive the flowers cold from uh, other countries, foreign countries, you bring it to Chantilly still cold and then you deliver it cold to the end consumer. Right. Okay. That's great. So, yeah, so we don't, we bring it, basically it goes from, it goes from Quito, Ecuador, or Colombia, uh, it goes through Miami, Miami, it gets through customs, and then gets brought up to us in refrigerated trucks, we process the flowers here, we arrange them in the vases, uh, and then get them out in our refrigerated trucks from there, so it's all a pretty quick, seamless process. For, for marketing, you mentioned here several avenues. You're, you said buses in the DC metro area. I'm sure digital, you, you have to be as far as Google and even social, yep. correct? Yep, yeah, we're, so we're all over Google and Bing. Uh, we're search engine marketing there. The organic stuff, we're starting to do the, a lot of the SEO. That's a long tail. That takes a little longer to get orders through the door. Uh, but then we're doing the buses. We've done radio uh, with the, uh, two, actually three radio uh, stations we're doing. Uh, we've done TV. Uh, we shot an ad uh, with these guys, which is pretty funny and good that we've run periodically through the last uh, six months. And then you got all kinds of other stuff from social media. You got, you know, influencers. We got, we got, uh, we're doing a big um, send, we call it the Send Smiles Project, mm-hmm. where we're actually giving away hundreds of arrangements every month to pillars of the community, people like you know, first responders, you know, nurses. Uh, nursing homes just to make people smile. 
So we figure it's our way of giving back a little bit, especially after the pandemic. So that's, you know, an advertising way too, but it's also for us to, you know, sort of help people and, you know, get people smiling. So we take nominations every, every month and then we pick one. We're just starting it this month. So we're getting ready towards the end of this month to pick a winner. And then we'll show up with, you know, whatever, whatever they need in a sense. So if it's a nursing home and there's like 200 patients, you know, in the nursing home or people, you know, why not brighten everybody's day up by putting a flower arrangement on their bedside? I love that. I love that. No wonder now I see how you go from, I think you said eight months from zero to over 12,000 customers. So far. Yeah. yeah. So we should grow. I mean, we, we, we feel confident we'll be able to grow this pretty good. I mean, again, it's all, and again, the new way, which is really people look at reviews, right? And people, you know, they'll, they'll look at, you know, at ours, we're really focused on the consumer. You know, we want to make it easy for them to order. We want to make it, you know, our price points are way below, if, you know, are way below their competitors. Okay. So we're trying to bring everything in, you know, a, a good value and be able to do it quick and be able to make it really easy, you know, to send a smile, you know, sure. to brighten up somebody's day. George, I'm curious, you mentioned new competitors and price points. So let's say for, I don't know, Valentine's Day, we just right. had a couple months back. If I want to send a dozen roses to my wife, I go to 1-800-Flowers. Typically, if I'm in the D.C. metro area, roughly how much that would cost me for me to get at home? Valentine's Day is a weird time to, to, to do okay. it. The prices are so high, but you're probably going to pay $85 plus another 20 bucks in service fee or delivery. Okay. So you're going to be close to 100 bucks or a little bit over. Okay. Uh, you, if they ship it, you might be a little bit less from one of their farms because they have farms they ship it from. You know, ours were, we started out at 65 and ended up at 75, no delivery charge for Valentine's Day. Oh, so that is a big difference. Considerably, yes. Yeah, people like the no delivery. And, and a lot of times people bake the delivery charge into the price of the product. But if you look at our product and look at competitors' products, our price is actually maybe even the same or a little less than theirs, but we, there's no fees added on. So it's relatively, uh, it's, it's definitely cheaper than theirs. Sure. How is it now? And I, and I know you went through this working with your father since now your son's fourth generation into the business, but how is it now working with your son? Love it. Love it. So we have a good, good rapport on it. So, yeah, we, we've always had a close relationship. Um, so, but he, he, he's liking the entrepreneurship piece of it so getting out and sort of he sees the um he sees what what can it what it can turn into sure and you know like uh, like unlike some fathers i wanted him to be 50 50 partners so we went into it i said listen i'm not i don't want control you know i want you to i want you to feel like you got control because when i came into it my dad had control you know sure. the old school was okay i keep control until i gave it to you and i said well, i want to i want him to build it and have the vested interest also so we went into it 50-50 partners. So he's loving it. And so we have a good rapport. And I always tell him, you know, we, we you know, young versus old, right? So we have a difference of opinion um, a lot of times on how to do things. And what I've realized is, you know, the, just because I've been there, done it, I'm not always right. So I've had to relinquish and say, okay, you're right more times than I have before. <laughs> uh, and I always tell him too, it's, you know, we'll, we'll get heated discussions. But when the discussion's over, you just get back to work, right? It's just, yeah. this is, you know, it's nothing personal. You know, I feel one way, you feel the other way. Let's come to an agreement. And then you just, okay, let's go. And so that's the way we work. So nobody's ever, you know, been mad, walked out of here and said, okay, I'm you know, mad, I'm done, whatever. It's just one of those things where you, you have your disagreements and then you, you fix them and then you move on. Sure, sure. That's good. I'm sure when there's family gatherings or maybe he's over, over the house for dinner, does it always then turn into business, some, some talks? 
No, we keep that separate. So oh, really? Okay, that's yeah, great. We okay. think about it. We see each other, and I, I work a lot of hours still uh, because I enjoy doing it, and, sure. uh, and we're building a new company. So we're, you know, we're literally together for nine, ten hours a day, five days a week, and sometimes six. So we see enough of each other to talk business. Okay. So we leave it. We leave the personal stuff and you know, sort of enjoy the personal time. Okay, that's good. Did you have yeah. any other children? I do. I have two daughters. Uh, one just graduated nursing school at GW. Okay. Uh, so she's at uh, Inova Fairfax in the pediatric ward there. And then I just had another one graduate um, High Point uh, University and has gone into the event planning business. So oh. I got a job doing that. So I got two kids off the payroll real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Congrats. Thank you. So I got, I got a pay raise this year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, with the event planning, though, that's there's some synergy there, right? There is. Yeah, okay. we could. Uh, we have the local, not with Send Smile so much, because Send Smile is really on demand. We have a finite number of products that we send and can do quick, so we really don't get into funeral work or weddings or big parties, things like that. So, but the other company we have can handle that. So there is a little bit of synergy there. Okay. Did, uh, did they stay local? Your, your, your son or daughter who, who's doing event planning? I did. Now? So I got all three of them local, which is good. I got my oh. daughter at Fairfax Hospital, okay. in Fairfax. And then uh, the, my other daughter has uh, got a job in Leesburg. Okay. All right. Uh, great. Really close. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. All good. So we, we, like, we like our kids. We like them around. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're always home or at least near home. Yeah. Kids are fun. I mean, we, we're, we're, we're the parents that would like our kids to just stay with us. You know, we, we, you know, a lot of parents want the kids out and done. We, we like having them around. So That's good. Uh, is your wife also Greek, Greek descent or no? No, no, okay. not at all. She's a mixture of a lot of things, uh, but no. No, because I, I know that the Greek culture is very family-oriented. It and is. it's all about family. And sometimes a couple, a couple houses down, then you have this brother or sister or cousin or whatever right. it may be. Right. Yes. We have my, my wife has this visual and it'll never happen because the kids won't let it happen, nor will I. But she like a compound, you know, <laughs> our house, the pool, and then three three other houses. Oh, so, that's, it sounds like it sounds a lot like my wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> she do that in a heartbeat. I think the kids, as much as we love them, I think that might be too close. I agree with you 100. percent I tell her, you know, you need to let them fly. Let let them be kids. Right. Right. You got to got to give them their independence and let them think. So yes. otherwise it's not a good thing. <laughs> Very true. What, what would you say now, George, that drives and motivates you? I think this is my last, um, I've done a bunch of businesses in the past. This is probably my seventh or eighth that I've done. Um, so this is sort of my, I think it's my last one. I'm getting older, so and, but I love working and I love building something. So this one's sort of a fun one to do because you're sort of changing the model of the floral business a little bit. And I'm doing it with my son. So that makes it a lot more fun. Um, so I, I get up every day. I'm happy. Always have been and driven to, you know, I, you know, I get up, I tell people I get up happy every day. I don't always go to bed happy, but I get up happy every day. So, cause I, I love what I do. So I try to you know, you work hard and I tried retiring once and um, I stayed home for about two years and I had my hands in different things, okay. but I, I didn't have anywhere to go. So I'd work out of my office at the house. And uh, one day my wife came to me and, said, and she looks at me, she says, either you're going or I'm going. So <laughs> it's better if I go, it's probably cheaper if I go. So I'll, I'll go back to work because <laughs> you're in their space, right? 
Yeah, yeah, they have their own domain, and now all of a sudden you're like hanging around all day long, telling them to be quiet when you're on the phone, and you know messing up the kitchen. And so I, so I, I learned quick, or not that quick, two years. But uh, so I decided to get out. That's great. The, the other seven businesses you were saying you were involved were they also flower related or totally different? No, some of them. Most of them are. I have actually a salon and spa in Great Falls okay. that I sort of fell into a little bit. So I have that running, which is in in Ruston. Actually, it was in Great Falls. We just moved to Ruston. Uh, and then we I have an identity theft company uh, that uh, sells insurance, identity theft insurance. It's a small company uh, that we sort of piggybacked into one of the other ones. And then we have a rewards program, uh, which people buy into uh, a monthly sort of continuity thing where they, they get all kinds of discounts uh, for a monthly fee. So we've been running that for probably 15 years. And then I've been to a bunch of real estate in between. So. Sure. Are, are you doing that day-to-day -day or is your day-to-day -day mostly in the flower business? Day-to-day is right now, the day-to-day -day is almost all in the flower business. So it's, it's running the one local uh, retail sort of shop. And then it's the Send Smiles. It's taking a lot of time to, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff to, to grow it and to make sure everything's happening. Sure. So we're putting a lot of time into that right now. That's sort of our main focus. Do you still have the retail store for the flower business? I do. So it's, it's more of a delivery service, but it's, it's still, still an operation. It's a totally, it's sort of a full service flower shop. Okay. So we'll do anywhere from weddings, funerals and parties and everyday stuff. And it has a hot, a really large selection of things you can get. It's still in the seven corners area or. No, no, no. That's that, that one actually I sold okay. um, about 2008. Uh, so this was another one we started up about 2015. We just started a new one up and we just, we really didn't want the retail piece of it. So we just set it up in a warehouse. Okay. And, so Chantilly. Uh, really, yeah, Chantilly, yeah. So we didn't okay. want any really customers coming in. You know, it was more of a, because the money's really in delivering, not really people walking in anymore. Mm -hmm. So they can get their flowers at Costco or the grocery store or whatever. They're just picking up a bunch. But unfortunately with Google now, when somebody types in flowers, you, know, you pop up, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so we get people coming in a little bit periodically. What is it that you're most proud of thus far, George, in your business career? You've done so many things. Proud of? That's a tough question. I don't. I, I don't look at it that way. I guess I don't. I just. I, I guess I'm proud that they. You know, not all have been successful, right? So not everything you touch turns good. So you know, I think it's more the perseverance of you know when things go south. You know, I'm, I'm real good about figuring out how to get out of the the, the south piece. Mm -hmm. You know, things turn ugly and the, you know they're not going the way you're supposed to go. Yeah, you sort of reevaluate, you put the brakes on, and you reevaluate, you, you try to get out of it. So, you know, and everybody's gone, every business owner has gone through, you know, making, how to make payroll, how are you going to do this, how, you know, how are you going to keep running? And yeah, there's, you always figure a way out, sure. you know? So I'm good, pretty good at that. Uh, I'm actually, actually, I don't want to say I've had a lot of practice at it, but. <laughs> I'm actually glad you mentioned when things don't work out because that that is, that that is something that happens in business day in and All day time. out. What, when do you know as far as when to cut it and when it's time? Are you do you think more of a time frame or what do you look at? I think it, well, I think it comes to cash flow. <laughs> so when you when you when your cash dwindles away to nothing, that's when it's time to. But I think you you, you sort of see things if they're going the wrong way. You know, you know we don't. I, I've stuck with things way too long. Just, and I don't know why, you know, you just sort of stick with them, hoping they're going to turn mm -hmm. and, you know, they don't turn. So, you know, we've tried a couple things, you know, from the national side, we've got into the shipping piece. Uh, we probably, where we'd actually, instead of sending flowers to a flower shop, we would ship it out of our warehouse. 
and we did it because we wanted a brand and we really want to get our product in people's hands. And it was, you know, it took us about six years to figure out we were losing money. You know, it was, it's better just to go back to the original model. You know, the thought process was try to brand control the product, but it was too expensive yeah, for us to do that. So we we're making a lot less money doing that. So we cut that, you know, or you can turn it around to something like Google or Google's too high, you know, on your cost per acquisition and you keep doing it, doing it, doing it because you're getting volume, but you're losing money on every order. And it's like, okay, why am I doing this? <laughs> it's like the top line sales, but you know, your bottom line looks terrible. Sure. So, yeah, so there's, there's always things to get changed. So you've been involved in several businesses and I'm sure having the right team around you is highly important. How, how do you pick your team? How do you go about doing all that? It's, well, it's, it, I guess there's not a whole lot of pick. The, um, the, the original flower shop was, you know, a guy went into and it was just me and my dad and then you know, he retired. Um, so as we branched off and did the national things, I partnered uh, with my brother-in-law who, who's done a phenomenal job and yeah, we, we partnered on the national side. So he's, you know, that's, he sort of put the team together there and he did the operations. Uh, so on the local side, you know, we've been around so long in the industry that we've been able to accumulate, not accumulate, but really attract good people, um, you know, from designers, to customer service, things like that. There's not a big, um, I guess, uh, executive staff, you know, these businesses. So it's more, you know, these, these are more small businesses, you know, that, you know, as long as you got good employees, which we really want to have, we always treat them really well. So we're able to attract good people to us. That's good. You mentioned before your, your son and you established Send Smiles. He came to you with a couple of different business ideas. What, what advice would you give someone out there who want any business who wanted to come to you and say, George, I want to start what business? What, what should they look out for? Maybe one thing or a couple things. Right. I think, I think in general, I mean, every, there's so many good ideas out there. I mean, you look, if you watch Shark Tank, right? Look how many ideas they see in the past, you know? Uh, but everybody's got a great idea, right? And it, it, but I guess when you really sit down and pen to paper, you know, you look at it, start laying it out, does it really work? And a lot of times it doesn't. And then sometimes the ones that work, there's no way to monetize them. You're never going to make a dime. So you really got to look at the model and you really got to understand. I always tell people that in a business, like business, I have to, you know, I started out bottom up. You know, my son started out when he first came to college. He went into the driving piece. He went into the warehouse. He went into everything that I do with the operation. In order for you to be a good exec, you got to understand how those numbers get on the whiteboard and how the numbers get into a budget. And if you don't understand how they get there, then you're going to have this fictitious budget and wrong numbers somewhere. So if you understand exactly what happens on the ground, you can better, you know, find out whether your company's going to be successful or not. If you don't understand the whole mechanics of it, you're going to have a real tough time okay, and lose money <laughs> or somebody else's money. Yeah. Great advice. Uh, you, you mentioned you, you always like to wake up early. Do you have any specific traits or things you do daily that has helped you throughout your career? Early on, I used to get up and work out before work, which I don't do anymore. I tend to do that. Actually, I have a little bit lazier schedule now. So I, I do get up early. But yeah, the schedule was have your coffee, walk the dog, do your emails, go work out, get to work at nine <laughs> or nine thirty. Which is you know you don't want to give that advice to anybody that's young. Yes. Because right? everybody, everybody, I, I remember somebody told me that uh, he read somewhere that uh, successful people get up at like five o'clock in the morning and get to work by six. So he says I wasn't that smart, so I got up at four and got to work by five. 
<laughs> so that's sort of me. You know, I just, I get up, I do my thing. You got your routines in the morning. You know, working out in the morning actually helps you because it gets, a, you know, the blood flowing, the oxygen, you think better. You know, that's how I've gotten older. Um, it gets a little tougher maybe. So especially if, work, if I'm not working a lot, then it gets a little bit easier. But if I feel like I have to be somewhere and do, uh, it, it takes a little time away from that. Okay. So, so wake up early and work out first thing in the morning then. That, I think that's what a lot of successful people do. I mean, they get up, they get their workout in, they feel good, they get their cup of coffee, they you know, get to work, get to the desk, and you know, they're at the desk by 7, 7 o'clock in the morning after they do their whole routine, you know, some earlier, some later. So, but everybody, I mean, that doesn't necessarily make it successful either. Mm-hmm. So you still have to have a brain, you still have to have a plan, you still got to know what you're doing. Sure. So of it course. just helps. What would you say is your biggest challenge right now, George, with your role at SenseMiles? Biggest challenge. I don't think there's really not a challenge. I mean, we understand the whole back end of the business and we can implement it. I mean, the, the back the back end, which is basically the flowers and delivering and create the experience is real good. I think the biggest challenge I think we talked about a little bit earlier was trying to get consumers through the door at a reasonable cost per acquisition. Mm-hmm. So that's where you know I think our next focus is. I got a call actually tomorrow to review our whole new sort of marketing plan, which is going to be more social-based, organic, more growing it a little differently than spending high dollars in radio and TV and all that. So, but it's just, I think that's, that's probably the only challenge I got right now. Everything else is in place. You know, the models proved out, the product good, people received it. So now it's a matter of, you know, you can only spend so much per customer and then you got to look at the lifetime value of the customer. Uh, and then, you know, the, that number's got to work. But when it gets way skewed, you know, that's when the cash drain comes Sure. What do you know now that you wish you would have known at the start of your business career? How to listen better. <laughs> so the, the beginning of the career and probably 20 years into my career, I, I, I talk too much. So I, and so you don't listen, you know, and you never learn anything by by talking. So I think as I've gotten older, you know, you learn to listen to people a little bit better. Uh, especially your kids and whoever's you know immediately around you, so you try to be better. And you know, I think that's probably one of my biggest flaws early on that I've gotten better at. So and I'm not perfect yet either. You can, you can probably ask my wife on that one. So. <laughs> that's a great one though. What do you what do you do now differently as far as listening better? Are you just, just trying to sit back or anything you do that helps you I out? Try with to that? Refrain, I try to refrain from talking, which okay. is tough. So when I when you get passionate about something, you're talking about business, you know, you always want to talk, right? So it's a matter of just taking a deep breath and listening to what somebody else has to say, even if you don't agree with it. And like I told you before, you know, my son comes with stuff and you know, he starts talking and immediately I'm like, no, no, no. And then I got to shut up and listen to it. And on, you know, some of the time he's right. So and I would have never listened before. Sure. You know, so it's just, you got you to listen. I think between, you know, older and newer too, ways of thinking. Um, you know, the, the technology, everything's changed. So you have to listen to the, the younger sort of generation and you have to listen to what their thought process is because they think totally different than we do. And you're probably right in between, I think, between my son and myself. <laughs> yeah. So we're a little on the lower side. You, you, you work with family mo- most of your business career and you've always hired also professionals. Is there anyone that comes to mind as far as having a mentor and what did you learn from that person? Really never had a mentor. Okay. So I really, it really never did. 
<clears throat> so I did um, go out to the only the only thing that's helped me is when I was when the kids were little. Um, I used to my mind was always in the business, so I would go home at the end of a day and my kids would like talk to me. I didn't hear anything they were saying, and so they would and then, then finally they would go, Dad, 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 George, and I'd like I jump up, you know. I was like, <laughs> this is when they were like seven, eight. So I finally ended, I got into a coaching class out in Chicago that I went to once a quarter. And it was like a life coach. It was a group of like 25 guys that were in the same thing. Great teacher, uh, great, great guy out there. So it got me to sort of focus a little bit better. So as, as I started going forward, so that's, you know, that was, that was, that was tough when I just having your kids, you know, your kids are there. And I, I spent a lot of physical time with them, but I, I, I hate to measure the mental time. Yeah. So you, you would go out once a quarter, every quarter fly out to Chicago for this class. Yes. Yeah, we'd have a, like a nice dinner, you know, with just a, I had three or four guys that I got friends with. Mm-hmm. And you just talk business, you just talk in general about, you know, just life growing your yourself, your business. You know, it was a good, it helped me. I did it for about 10 years. The first four or five really helped me. The last five were just to go out to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and sort of, you hit a sort of a wall, you know, so, but it was good. Okay. That's good. So, so you would be home or doing something with the family and you, you, it, you wouldn't be on the computer or doing something else. You would just be there presently, but your mind would be working. Mind was somewhere else. Yeah, okay. Mind was somewhere else. You know, just thinking about something. And it could be I was looking at something or, you know, just, so, just you know, what you really weren't, you were there, you, you weren't present. Sure. You know, they talk about that all the time, you know, people being there, but they're not present. Yeah, I think that's most everybody these days because they got their phone they're looking at and sort of like, okay, you know, I'm talking, talking to somebody, but he's looking down, you know, half the time. So. You're, you're not the only one. I, I do that too. Sometimes I'm on my phone and doing things and I have the kids and yes. Right. Well, you realize that it's not, I mean, I play golf very much and, you know, and I get on my phone because I just, I'm antsy, you know, just in between shots or whatever. And so I've learned to put it away now because when I see somebody else doing it, it's like, oh, you're not interested in playing golf today. You know, you want to work. And so I, now I put it away. Yeah. It really sends a bad signal. You know, if you're socializing in any way, shape or form and you're, you know, you're somewhere else. That is true. It looks like you're not really enjoying that moment with that person. Right. Yes. Yeah, you got something else going on. So I got, and, I got, I took a lot of abuse. So I finally put it away. Yes. <laughs> and it's not that you're trying to be rude. You just, uh, I see it as more being more productive with my time and into any downtime. I can be doing this or that, or I have this to do. Right. right. Yes. I think it's, I think it has to do with the. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, this is always something. I think everybody's different, but I always, I can't sit still. Like I'm having trouble just sitting here. Yeah, this is, we're sitting here for an hour, right? So. Well, don't worry. We're, we're almost coming to an end here very soon. <laughs> Stay as long as you like. I'm good. <laughs> so, George, what does the next five year? What does the future look for for you and Sense Miles? I think the future is good. I mean, we got. I think we're going to take about another year to prove the model out. We're actually out looking to raise capital now. So once we get funding, we're looking for like a probably either probably seed money. You know, we'll be looking for funding for the company. Uh, once we prove the model out here, our next stop is Miami. And then we'll sort of work our way back up the coast and then out towards Texas. Um, so we really, th- these things are sort of plug and play. They're pretty, um, the way we've set it up with the technology and the warehouse and the products, they're pretty, they're, it, compared to a flower shop running, sure. it's like a flower shop's a 10 because there's so many moving pieces, products, you know, things going on. This is like a one. I mean, once you oh, wow. once it in motion, the way we got it set up and the way the technology is set up, it, it, it runs by itself. 
So to pop these things open somewhere else, it's, you know, it's really a warehouse, refrigerators and tables, and you hire some designers, you know, you get some trucks and you're good to go. So there's a training piece, but it doesn't take a lot to really pop these things up and open them up. Okay. So, because you, you, the next five, so the next five years, I think, you know, ideally we want to prove it out here. Miami would be the next step. And then uh, we'll go from city to city based on the uh, demographics. You think once you prove the model here, maybe in the next year, you said then the next market more than likely will be Miami, South Florida. Correct. Okay. And, yeah, and so then, that's it. That'll be our next. And then we really don't want to, there's two components to this too. There's a spoke piece of it, which we really didn't talk about, but it's like, we're, we're a hub right here where we make all the product and we uh, send it out directly from here. So what we figured out is we, why, why have labor like in Philadelphia or in Raleigh or whatever. So we would actually do all the production here and then at nighttime shoot the finished product out to these spokes. So basically then it's a small warehouse, very little labor, and you just do the same thing in that city. They got the product all ready to go. Trucks get dispersed. And it's just a sort of a, it's an easy process. So we have to, the, the hub we're proving out now, the Miami would be another hub, but like if we do Philly or Raleigh, or I think we got um, Virginia Beach is another one, that would be like a spoke on okay. it. So once we start doing those, then if we prove them out, then they're really pretty simple to, to get going. Okay. So for the spoke, if it's a spoke location, like Virginia Beach or Raleigh or anything between DC Metro and Miami, you would go into a much smaller warehouse, correct? Correct. Okay. It would just have refrigeration. Okay. So at nighttime, the finished arrangements. You know, ours is different too. We don't deliver in boxes or anything like that. So it's a finished piece. So if you get a product from us, it's already arranged, it's ready to go. So we would do all the arranging here in Chantilly and then shoot it out at nighttime in refrigerated box trucks and just load their refrigerator up with their inventory. So in the morning when the person gets there, they'll have one person running it. Uh, they'll have three, four, five, whatever the trucks are. They'll just load the trucks up just like we do at the hub. All the product will be there from the flowers to the plants to the, to the add-ons. And then we're going to expand into some gift line also okay. uh, from that point. So everything will be there. So there's really no labor of cleaning the flowers, prepping the flowers, anything like that. So you've eliminated all that labor in that location. What, what type of gifts are you thinking of incorporating besides flower arrangements? We're, we're sort of coming up with a list now, but it okay. could be anywhere from gift baskets, wine, cigars. I mean, just we're looking at, we're trying to really identify what people really would like to send and mm -hmm. be able to do quickly. So you know, it could be from chocolate, you know, all, all the normal ones. Sure. We're trying to look for some cool stuff. The, the bad part is we haven't been able to go to any gift shows because they've all been shut down with COVID. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, you do all your searching online right now. So we'll probably launch something probably by midsummer on the uh, gift side. I like that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big gift person. Uh, you, you'll give a run for the money for a, what is it, wine basket or Harry and uh, I'm blanking. Harry, on Harry, you got Harry, Harry and David and you got wine basket. Both yeah. Of them out yeah. There, yeah. That, that, so Harry and David is actually uh, 800 flowers. Okay. Oh, okay. Play on that. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So for, I'm curious, for the hub model compared to the spoke model, besides smaller warehouse, you probably will need less trucks, right? Or is it pretty much the same? So you'll need the same, depending on, depending on the demographics in the area, how many trucks you put out there. So it depends on how, the, the, how busy you are and really hit the size of the population in that area. So you know, ideally, you want to have as many trucks as you can on the road. That means you're doing a lot of deliveries. So and again, the less trucks you got, the more spread out they are too. Yeah. So which costs a little bit more. So the idea is to get tons of deliveries 
almost like Amazon, right? They just throw packages out every house. You know? <laughs> so, so those guys can take like 300 packages a day, you know, just going around a circle. Yeah, that's good. George, last question. When, when you're not busy thinking about business or work, what do you like to do for fun? Travel. Travel. Love, love traveling. So we try, my wife and I, before COVID, so I would take off about three months a year. That's great. So, but in the nine months, I probably worked like a year and a half. So, but, and when I'm gone, I'm, I'm in touch too. But okay. yeah, we like, we like, uh, we went to Greece a couple of years ago. We, next trip, we were, we're going to uh, Tahiti. Okay. Uh, that's planned for next summer. So we're taking all the kids. So that'll be a sort of a fun thing. So we like to like to get out of town. Okay, that's good. So you do some solo trips, just you and the wife, and also with the family. Absolutely, we do. We do both. We like again. We like we like our family. So we try to we try to bring them. But it's get harder and harder now because they're all you know. Especially with my son Will, you know, he's got the, the send smiles to run. So we both can't be gone for long periods. Mm -hmm. uh, but the two girls now have jobs, so it's tough to you know get off Hard a lot name. of time. So we'll take them where we can, and then uh, we'll ditch them where we have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. George, lastly, where can people find more information about you and Send Smiles website, anything else? Yeah, just at sendsmiles.com, um, okay. and then you can go there. There's a lot of information on us, the background, the, the Send Smiles project, which is the giveaway, or the give back, and then you can see all our products and see what we're doing there. Awesome. George, thank you so much for coming on the show. Greatly appreciate it. Okay, I'll thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Of course, my pleasure. Take care. Okay, thanks. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review and comment and let me know what you think. Thank you, and I'll see you all very soon on the next episode.